Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all? And welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Uh, good news about the Believe Network is I met a lot of the guys when I was out at the Super Bowl, which is why I also didn't post last week. There was no episode last week. I believe I told y'all that I was going to the Super Bowl or that I was going to do something. Uh, my station down here in the Ozarks covers the Chiefs, and so I was lucky enough to go down to Phoenix and cover the Super Bowl for about five or six days. Got back late Monday night. Uh, kind of kept up with what was going on in tennis, but it's hard when you're covering the Super Bowl for 12 hours a day for a whole week. Uh, and just didn't feel right with the podcast last week. So we skipped last week. We're back into it this week. We're going to get into a little bit of what's been happening uh, since you've been gone. Uh, since since I've been gone, or off the pod, I should say. Uh, there's pretty much just tournaments going on right now. A lot of tournaments going on. Uh, and then we're going to discuss a little Netflix news here at the end of this episode. But it's all been tournaments. And I think with these tournaments, I'm going to go from newest to oldest because there's been two weeks of tournaments, especially with 250s. You can get two tournaments a week for two weeks. That's four tournaments. So we got at least that much to get through today. And these are all tournaments that are kind of all the big names or all the good names are kind of scattered through these tournaments. So I'm not going to get to all of them, but I, I am going to get uh, – to a few of these big names that are in some of these tournaments and the storylines that have happened over the last couple of weeks. So let's get right into it. Let's start with the tournament in Delray Beach, which is in Florida. This is always, it seems like a popular tournament. Um, it's nice weather. A lot of Americans like to play in this tournament because of, uh, you know, it's in Florida where a lot of them train. It's close to them. It seems like a home, a home 250 for a lot of them. So there's obviously going to be a lot of Americans in Delray Beach, and it's a nice place to play. It seems like people like playing there. Taylor Fritz in this tournament, J.J. Wolf, Michael Moe, uh, Mackie McDonald, Jack Sock, Ben Shelton, Marcus Giron, Stevie Johnson, uh, Eubanks Kudla, Tommy Paul. Didn't I say there were a lot, a lot of Americans in this tournament? Yeah, I wasn't lying. Let's get right into this first round stuff and kind of what happened early on in the, in this tournament down in Delray Beach. Ben Shelton, the eight seed, loses right away to Marcos Giron. Uh, this was surprising to me, six four six four for Giron, but Ben Shelton, kind of a long early start to the season. I'm not going to make excuses for him. This is kind of disappointing. I thought he'd go far, but everybody seems to have a bad week once in a while, and it seems like this was the bad week for Ben Shelton. Kind of a bummer for him though that it happened in Florida, where he's from and where he played college tennis. But let's move on. Jack Sock, the other American, played Matija Pekotic. Now, he's a qualifier, Matija Pekovic. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. He beats Jack Sock in three sets. Why is this a big win or an important win? Pekotic is not a full-time player on the ATP Tour. He is... He he's number 784 in the world. He qualified for this. He's 33 years old. He's a part-time uh he's a part-time player with a full-time job in finance. And he just won his first ATP tour level match against Jack Sock. Uh he turned pro at 24, so that would have been seven years ago. No, math was way off. Nine years ago. Uh he became two hundred number two hundred and six in the world two years later, but had uh complications with a stomach. Surgery, it looks like. And so he he kind of left the tour. 
But for him to come back and beat Jack Sock, and Jack Sock, who has played well the last couple of weeks, he came into this season, lost some weight, he got his endurance up, he got his fitness up, and then he loses to uh, Pekotic. So not a great loss for Jack Sock, especially with this storyline that's been circling and circling and circling. Uh, not a great look. But this Pekotic, that's an amazing story. I mean, that, that is an outstanding win. He loses in the next round to Giron, but still. That's an outstanding win. And, and let me put this straight. Being a part-time tennis player, like the, he probably still trains every day. He just doesn't play as many tournaments. So I'm I'm not saying that he doesn't that that he's not very good and Jack Sock just lost to someone not very good. I'm just saying Jack Sock, a full-time player, lost to a part-time player. It's got to be hard on the old mental. Uh Michael Moe makes it far in this tournament. He beats Shapo, which is a big win for Michael Moe. Uh, gets all the way to the third round in quarters and loses to Mackie McDonald. All right, let's get to the nuts and bolts here. Taylor Fritz makes it all the way to the final and beats Ketchmanovich in the final, and Taylor Fritz is back on top of his game after having an early exit, a disappointing early exit in Melbourne at the Australian Open. Taylor Fritz gets another title. He now has five career titles. His most notable one was his last one that was Indian Wells, uh, but he's also won... The tournament in Eastbourne. He's also won uh, Japan and in Tokyo, and he's won Eastbourne actually twice. So Taylor Fritz, five career titles, 2019, three last year, one this year. I expect a couple more from him this year. It just seems that's the way he's playing right now as he continues to play really, really, really well. Let's go down to Argentina, to Buenos Aires. Uh, Argentina, this is always a good tournament, especially with Diego Schwartzman down there, who is obviously the best Argentinian right now, I believe. Uh, still a high ranking, even though he hasn't made a whole lot of noise in the last few years. So that's been interesting. But I think the biggest storyline here, besides Jimmy Butler going down there to watch some tennis during the All-Star break, is Carlos Alcaraz returning to tennis. He, if you remember, he hasn't played since like last November with an injury. He had a couple, you know, he had off-season injury, didn't play in Australia. People have been missing him. He comes in as the top seed here and he rolls everybody. He beats Jerry. He beats, uh... He beats Zapata Miralis, and then he beats Cam Nori in the finals. So not a lot of massive names in this or popular names. Dominic Team, you know, wins a couple matches, but not quite back to full force. He is not yet. Uh, Diego Schwartzman makes a little noise. Actually, no, he doesn't. He gets a bye, and then he loses second round. So he doesn't make any noise. He lost to an unseeded player as a four seed. That's what I'm saying about Diego Schwartzman. He's still a top seed in a lot of these tournaments, or, you know, top 10, top 20 seed, but he hasn't he doesn't beat anybody anymore. I don't know what the deal is. He's just not playing well at this time in his career. But Carlos Alcaraz getting this win, big win for Alcaraz. I think most importantly, it's a big confidence boost for him moving forward because he's coming off of an injury, because, you know, he was hurt. You never know how they're going to respond after being hurt. He doesn't get a play in Australia, which was the next tournament after he won his first Grand Slam. So mentally, it can be hard. Physically, it can be hard not, you know, being in the swing of things when everybody else is but a great win in Buenos Aires for Carlos Alcaraz. Let's head across the pond. We're going to go to Netherlands for this one, Rotterdam. Rotterdam, ATP 500, a little better names in this, a little bit more competitive of a bracket, and a good tournament. Rotterdam always puts out a good tournament, I believe. Look at the people that are in this. Sitsipas is the top seed. Yannick Sinner, not even seated. Stan Wawrinka is in this. Richard Gasquet, Carino Busta, Holger Rune. You look at names like Alexander Sferov's in this. Daniil Medvedev is the sixth seed, which is outrageous. Hubie Hercoc, Felix Ogier, Aliasim, Grigor Dimitrov, uh, Alex de Manure, 
and Andre Rublev. So a lot of upsets early in this one. You look at the bottom, Andre Rublev loses to Alex Damanur in the first round. That's a first-round match. And uh, Damanur has a great tournament, He, but he wins in that one. Uh, then we keep going We keep going up the bracket. We're starting at the bottom going up. Uh, David Goffin, who has been hit or miss after being in the top 10 a few years back, loses in the first round, which is surprising. Dino Medvedev, the sixth seed, cruises right to the final. Not surprised there. Holger Rune loses in the second round, which is kind of a little surprising. To Brouwer, I would not expect that early on loss. And then how about this little mini run by Stan Wawrinka? He beats Alexander Bublik in the first round and then beats Richard Gasquet in the second round. A great mini run for Stan Wawrinka before running into Yannick Sinner and losing in round three. Yannick Sinner gets to round three by beating the top seed, Stefano Tsitsipas. Yannick Sinner, fantastic tournament, makes it all the way to the final where he faces Daniil Medvedev. Another bright spot in this tournament for other players that aren't necessarily seeded, Grigor Dimitrov has a great tournament. He beats Karatsev. He beats Hubie Hurkacz. He goes on to beat Alex de Manure, And then he plays Daniil Medvedev and loses in the semifinal. Daniil Medvedev back to form, it looks like. He gets a 5-7-6-2-6-2 win in the final over Yannick Sinner. A couple things about this tournament, though. It's good to see a few of these guys getting back into the form they were at a year or so ago and back to playing really, really good tennis. You look at a guy like Yannick Sinner. He got COVID, and then he got hurt, and he just wasn't the same for a while. For him to beat Sitsipas, for him to make a run all the way to the final, is is great to see him playing really, really good tennis again because he is definitely a big threat on tour uh, when he plays his best tennis. You look at matches with him and Carlos Alcaraz, and people think, you know, this is the new Djokovic, or this is the new, I should say, Rafa and Roger back in the day. Uh, is these two going at it. And it very well can be. He's just got to be healthy enough to do it. Grigor Dimitrov, he's hit and miss at times. Uh, but for him to come in here and make it all the way to the semifinals and beat those good names, very impressive for him. And uh, it, it's good for him as they move into March in the American swing with Indian Wells in Miami. FAA, another decent tournament, but he runs into Daniil Medvedev. Daniil Medvedev's kind of been hit or miss as well lately. You know, he's not... His ranking probably isn't where he'd like it to be. He's not as high as he once was. Uh, not being able to play in a lot of tournaments last year had to hurt. But Daniil Medvedev making it all the way to the final and winning this one over Sinner, who was playing really, really good tennis in this tournament in the Netherlands. A great win for Daniil Medvedev, and hopefully he can keep this going into the next month into this American swing. A lot of good players playing good tennis heading into America here in a little bit, which is, I think, really, really good to see. And it's going to be fun to watch when it comes to Indian Wells in Miami. Two of the most watched Masters 1000s in the world. And definitely the entertainment factor is going to be there as well. So for good players to be playing good tennis on their way to these big tournaments is only good for the sport, good for American tennis. And I can't wait to watch it here in a few weeks. All right, we got to roll through a few tournaments that happened the week before that, which would have been Super Bowl week. Uh, there was Montpellier. There was a tournament in Argentina at the Cordoba. And then also Dallas, Texas was the Dallas Open, which is they put on a whole event for this thing. I've already talked about this in the last podcast, but we'll talk about that too, uh, the winner of that tournament. Monty Pellier, though, Yannick Sinner. So Yannick Sinner rode that win, that ATP 250 win right out of Monty Pellier, 
right into Rotterdam and played really well there. So good pair of weeks for Yannick Sinner, which is awesome to see considering everything I just talked about that he's been through over the last you know 10 months or so. Sebastian Baez, a great tournament in Argentina at Cordobo. Uh, gets that win, that ATP 250, a good win for Baez. And then Dallas Open is Yabing Wu won that tournament out of Dallas, Texas. He beats John Isner in the final here in thrilling three sets. All three sets go to a tiebreaker, and he comes out on top. To beat John Isner like that, that does not happen very often because of the way John Isner serves. So great win for Wu, and I believe that is his first win ever. Yeah, that is his first ever title since getting on tour and turning pro in 2017. So he is he is out of China, 23 years old, and he's only, I mean, I don't want to say only six foot tall, but six foot tall playing against John Isner, who's like 6'9", and that serves coming slapping at you. Very impressive win for Wu there in Dallas, Texas in ATP 250. All right, that's going to be it for tournaments that have happened over the last few weeks. What is coming for tennis are a few really good tournaments and they're just right around the corner is the American Swing. That's Indian Wells and Miami that I've talked about for a while. The next tournaments that are going is going to be, uh, there's going to be one in Doha. There's one in Rio. There's one in France. And then Dubai and Acapulco and Santiago are the next week that happened right before they kick things off for the first week of March at the BNP Paribas Open, which is Indian Wells down in California. And then right after that, three days after that tournament ends, they go straight to Miami to play in the Miami Open. So a lot of really good tennis. There's going to be 250s and 500s over the next couple of weeks. And then we're getting into a pair of 2000s in America that are really, really good tournaments. And I'm looking forward to one's called the fifth major for a reason. People show out to that tournament. Uh, the big names get out there, not only on the court, but off the court and the fans down there are amazing. So that's coming up here in just a couple weeks. And that is what's going on on the court. Off the court, I do got to talk about Netflix a little bit because another docuseries of another sport just got released, and that is the one of golf. I have been watching it a little bit. A lot of people are comparing, hey, why is this one better, the same, worse than Breakpoint? Also, why is it getting more attention? It is getting a lot. I feel like it's getting a lot more attention. One, I think there's more Americans that like golf more than tennis. So I think that's part of it getting more attention. But my instinct is, and this is just my instinct right off the bat of watching it, is they got some pretty big names to talk in this golf one, right? They got Dustin Johnson in this one. Uh, I, I haven't seen Mickelson or Tiger yet, but they get Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and all these guys that win these majors last year. Scotty Scheffler's in it. They get these guys to talk in this one. And in tennis, it seems like they just couldn't get as many guys to talk um, or or ladies for that matter. So I think that's the biggest difference now is there's it's focused on so many more guys. And the other big thing is the obvious, which is, Live Golf happened last year, so I think a lot of people want to know what happened with it, and they dig into it here in this docu-series. So I think that's why it's getting more tennis. More tennis. Wow. More attention. Jeez. I was thinking about tennis while I was thinking about full swing and golf and Netflix. That's why I think so. I'm going to finish watching it. I haven't finished watching it yet, but once I finish watching it, I'll give my full review. But I think that I, it's good so far. It's really good. I like tennis, and so 
I like the tennis one more, but the thing that attracts me to the golf one more is I don't know what happens in these tournaments necessarily where in the tennis one, I knew exactly who was winning what match and who was losing. So that one, I mean, I kind of spoiled the ending for myself on all those, but that's my recap or my review, I should say, on what's going on with the full swing versus break point uh, dialogue that's happening right now on social media. I still think the tennis one is really, really, really good. They just didn't get as many big names to talk as the golf one, in my opinion. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for bearing with me here. We got through some tournaments. Sorry about missing last week. We'll get back to it next week. But enjoy some tennis this week. It's only a couple more weeks till they're back in America playing in two of the biggest tournaments of the year that aren't majors. And I can't wait for it. See you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.